Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to the Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. We have another exciting special guest in the office today, Sanjeev, the man behind GGD Oakdale, also known as Rhino Investments. Sanjeev, why don't you introduce yourself and let our, our investors know a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hey guys, uh, Sanjeev Chopra here from Rhino Investments. Our company's based in Las Vegas. We do development all over the country. We focus on a few different sectors, retail, multifamily, and stores generally. We are involved in other parts uh, of development, but we generally focus on those specific sectors. Rhino Investments is a value-add developer. We focus on projects that we can come in and immediately uh, add value to, whether that's through lease-up, construction, whether it's through uh, redevelopment. We generally you know, look for something that we can turn a project around, and we look forward to this podcast with you. Perfect. Perfect. So well, that kind of leads me into my first real question with you is, is the value-add component. Obviously, that's your bread and butter. That's why you're in business. How does that interact with Ignite? And how does that bode well as a partnership for the two companies moving forward? Sure. Yeah. Ignite's been great to work with. Both you and Carrie and the whole team have really, you know, I think the number one idea that comes to mind is reliability. And value add is not an easy thing to do. And generally what happens is a project comes up very fast. And so when, if you're, if we have the ability to move with speed and with reliability, we're able to pick up those projects. So a lot of people ask, why did you guys get that? Or how did you get that? A lot of it's just either our, our relationships with the tenants and them saying, hey, let's move fast, or our relationships with the sellers saying, hey, we want you to get involved and move fast. So, so really the speed and execution reliability is why we would be partnering with you on these projects as opposed to uh, a bank, for example. 100%. And you know, uh, Ignite, we've done, I think we've done 37 or 38 loans together millions and millions of dollars. And I think it's a proven relationship, right? Uh, you guys land and make sure that we're following our protocol. Sure. We follow our protocol and we pay back. It, it works really well. And, you know, really speed is the key aspect. As you know, when you're paying a higher interest rate, it's important for us to be able to get things done and maneuver. And Ignite provides that both reliability, speed, and and really it's a relationship, right? It's a long-term relationship that we we started, I think, six, seven years ago, and we're looking to keep for the next 60, 70 years. Right. Perfect. And how do you see that relationship evolving over the next few years, maybe more specifically in 2023? We all hear about interest rates, maybe cap rates, how there's kind of turmoil in the marketplace right now. How is that going to be advantageous or maybe even a detriment to you and your business? Yeah. You know, we, we projected as a company, there was going to be some change in the marketplace a little over 12 months ago. And so we started to sell deals uh, that we felt we weren't comfortable with that maybe in the long run are going to have changes. And so now we're at a place where, you know, I, I think I think like any really good developer, it's, you know, how do you play the time of the market? Meaning, you know, when the market is hot, a lot of people think they should be buying. We believe we should be selling. When the market's not as hot or when there's, I wouldn't call it turmoil, but I'd call, you know, a lot of 
different ideas of the market, right? Nobody really knows today where the market is, but everybody's projecting recession, they're projecting interest rates rise, which are happening. But I think it's it's being adaptable to the market and really focusing on how we adapt to the market. And so 2023 is a market is a time when we believe it's gonna be time to grow. Uh, we are seeing good opportunities. And while we're excited to grow, we're also vetting those opportunities significantly more. And you know, our underwriting's gotten tighter based on what is happening out there. Perfect. So it's just being dy- dynamic, nimble to uh, move around with an ever-changing environment, really. None of us really know exactly what it's going to be over the next 12 months, but being nimble enough to, to uh, move just as the market does. How do you foresee that happening with your locations? Do you see yourself concentrating on one part of the United States or maybe one asset class more so than you have in the past? Or is it strictly going to be the best opportunity available? You know, generally, we don't limit ourselves based on demographic or location. We are getting tighter based on the fact of operations. You know, how do we offer a better operation to our tenants as we go forward? And so I think really it comes down to the opportunity and the ability to execute on that opportunity. We have a lot of relationships. So, you know, we have tenants that guide us to go certain places. We also have understanding of certain markets better than others. So we're going to focus on those markets that we have more understanding of. But at the same time, I think we have to really review the opportunity. Sure. I think everything goes into, this is now a time when if you buy right, the right thing happens. When you buy wrong, wrong things happen. And right now in a market like this, our personal, Rhino's personal opinion is, is that crypto has been hurt really bad. The stock market's actually had a significant amount of change over the last 12 to 18 months. But real estate's a hard asset. The cost of construction is not going down. So the cost to build these things are not, they're not going down. So overall, you have a benefit factor. And the reality is in this market, there's a lot less construction. So our older buildings are becoming more valuable because there's not as many new buildings coming up. And so now hopefully that the the supply and demand, albeit changes, it continues to thrive. Perfect. So there's an increased construction cost, artificially puts up a level of of uh, isolationism around your projects, right? Your your ability to have additional projects competing against yours has diminished because of the increased costs associated with it. With that, do you anticipate the interest rate environment to change significantly over the next 12 months, whether that is going up or going down? And how will that specifically affect you guys? You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see over the next month, you know, the jobs are still high. So uh, meaning the job reports are still high. And so that generally is going to affect what the feds do. Our personal belief is that the feds are going to raise it 50 basis points this next few weeks. Thereafter, it'll be a 25 and then it's going to stay steady because we're going into an election year. And so whoever's going to be, you know, generally in election years, they don't like a lot of volatility. And also they don't want to flatten the market with the recent events of crypto and FTX and all this other stuff that's going on where Investors are losing billions and billions of dollars. I think as it goes forward, I think interest rates are going to rise. I don't think they rise as much as they've risen up to this point. Sure. So I think it slows down. I also believe, again, I think real estate, the banks, I think, are going to get tighter for new developers. And I'd be cautious myself with lending to a new developer. It's it's a it's it's a market where really you need to be battle tested, and I think that's where we're going to thrive. We're battle tested, and this is really time when you can really get great opportunities and make some success out of those opportunities. Absolutely. Now, you spoke a, a little bit ago about some tenants that you typically work with, and they kind of 
somewhat dictate where you go or, or, or heavily influence as to where you go. What are some of the big names that you're currently working with and what type of uh, deal volume do you expect to do with them compared to what you had done with them this past year? We're doing right now 10 Burlington Coat factories throughout the country. We're doing a lot of work for Ross Dress for Less. Harbor Freight Tools has been a significant partner to work with as far as a tenant partner to work with and do lots of development with Hobby Lobby. So we, we continue to kind of stay in that discount retailer realm. You know, my personal belief is that that clientele will continue to shop at the store and their sale, their store sales have shown it, you know, their stock has shown it. They've grown significantly over the last few years. And, you know, TJ Maxx, for example, is going to grow 125 to 150 stores next year. Harbor Freight's going to grow 125 to 150. I believe Burlington, same thing. Big Lots wants to do 50 new stores. And our relationships allow us to capture a good amount of those opportunities. Now, what tomorrow holds, no one knows. But the reality is, is that if those opportunities come up, we want to perform with and for those tenants. You've obviously been doing this for quite some time. This isn't your first rodeo or anything close to it. What advice would you give to somebody that wants to get into this this, uh, realm and start working in real estate? Is there some piece of advice that you would either push people towards, reason to do it, or away from, or maybe some of the challenges that you encountered when you first got started? Sure. Uh, You know, I think the first thing I would tell anybody new coming in is make sure you're passionate about it. Real estate's cyclical. What I think on the old days, people used to say, hey, the real power of real estate is holding power, right? And that's true in down markets, but it's really understanding what you're passionate about and understanding the market and understanding, you know, what it is that you like, like to do, you know, whether you want to be a broker, whether you want to be a lender, whether you want to be a developer. And I would probably say for anybody getting started, once they understand that they actually have passion about real estate itself mm-hmm. is to work for someone for a while, understand the business, learn it, try to work through it, and then get your foot in the, in the door. Whereas a lot of times what happens is people just jump into a project. I see it all the time. You know, we've been sold several projects over the last year where, you know, a guy picks on something that he thought was easy or she thought it was easy and it wasn't. So my ultimate guidance would be first, make sure you're passionate about real estate and then go from there. So obviously you've got a passion in this industry. Uh, When did you really get started doing this type of work? So I got into real estate. I worked through law school. And when I went to law school, I worked for a real estate developer, very similar to how I'm telling someone else to do. And I learned a lot through the grit and grind, you know, and did a lot of the things that I, I don't even have anyone do today. I still do it myself and I enjoy it. That was back in 02 and 03 and I've been through several cycles now. I've seen the cycles really try to play the market based on what's happening more than kind of, you know, there, I, I guess there's no one size fits all. Sure. Right. And, and I think that's where working with Ignite and our team is being nimble has allowed us to be able to maneuver and, you know, really thrive over the last 15 years. Definitely. And being nimble isn't just from your side of the table. It has to be from ours as well, which is part of the reason that we even exist, right? Organizations like Ignite Funding, hard money lenders in general, the reason we're able to charge more money is because we are nimble, we are quick, and we are reliable. Well, we are not necessarily all hard money lenders, but uh, uh, we try to be as much as we possibly can. And being nimble is what really allows us to continue to work with you, right? I mean, you obviously have the ability to be bankable, have the ability to have 
quite a bit of, of traditional lending, which I'm sure you already currently do and will continue to do more of. Is that really the key that it enables us to continue to work together in the future? 100%. It's it's the reliability and the ability to be nimble. And again, you know, what, what happens in a lot of these projects, for example, Kent, right? Mm-hmm. The, the seller's fun life, you know, was expiring and we have a great relationship with that seller. And so they called us and said, hey, can you ensure you will perform by this day? And, you know, we could have gone to a bank and we could have done the whole underwriting. And we said, no, you know what? This project has a lot of juice in it. There's a lot of opportunity. Let's go to our go-to, right? Our go-to is Ignite. How do we make sure that they work with us and, and vice versa? And it's very important on both sides, right? I think we've, we've knock on wood and I always say knock on wood for anything. We've never missed a payment. Right. Uh, we ensure that we, we are on time and we take what we believe to be is minimal risk. There's always risk in every project sure. where we try to take minimal risk by going in and understanding what to do. And I think the hardest challenge we had for us as a group was COVID, right? We had several projects through COVID that we were redeveloping, one being Jackson, Michigan. We just paid off. We did that deal, I believe, right around COVID time. Right. And COVID, everything slowed down, right? And so now it's picking that speed back up and being reliable, right? Just like we're a reliable borrower, being a reliable lender. But I think that that relationship has been battle tested by those times <laughs> of when the market shuts down, right? You know, people talk about oh, what's going on in the market now. I mean, 18 months, two years ago, everything was shut down. We're still open. Everything's moving now. And, and really in the retail side, we've never seen this much volume of activity of leases in the history of our business. Through the COVID time, how did that impact your business? I would assume... Well, that was probably a, a difficult time for you and maybe your tenants as well. Um, like you said, you'd never missed a payment. How was that even possible during that whole period of time? And what did you learn from that that will help you going forward? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, look, so COVID was an interesting time in that you're getting calls from national tenants and everybody saying, hey, we can't pay rent. And legally, you don't even know if you can force them to pay rent because there's never been a pandemic like this, <laughs> right? It goes back to the plague almost where right. you've never had a situation like this. So, you know, we had several projects that were going to start construction and we had funds reserved for those. We decided to wait and pay our lenders and make sure we're stable through that time rather than go forward. Now, in hindsight, it was a smart move, but it was also a dumb move in the fact that construction prices (laughs) jumped so significantly, right? So so now you look back at those projects pre-COVID and yeah, you know, they're, they're, they are less profitable today than where they were back in 19 and 20 because the construction costs rose so significantly. But at the same time, that also rose our property value, right? So I think at the end of the day, I think the be- the biggest thing I learned was stay calm, fight on and keep moving, right? And, and that's what we did. We just had to decide. And now we didn't stop all our projects. Some projects we were mid, we kept going. You know, there was a lot of developers that stopped mid-frame and then all of a sudden you, to get started again, it's tough. We just didn't start new things. And that's why, you know, even Jackson took us a little longer than what we anticipated because we stopped for a while. We wanted to wait, make sure everything's clear. Then we went. I really appreciate you stopping by. Is any uh, parting words that you'd like to uh, to educate our clients on and maybe a reason why they should invest in your deals over some of the other opportunities that we have? Yeah, I think the first thing I'll say is that I appreciate everybody who has invested in a Rhino deal or that will invest in a Rhino deal. We view this as a relationship. We take it personal and we work very hard to ensure that we are successful. And I think as we go forward, I would encourage investors to invest in deals with guys that are 
seasoned and battle tested because, you know, nobody knows what the next year is going to hold. And we're being more conservative on our projects as we go forward. We're making sure that we're only picking up things that we we believe or know that we can be successful on. And uh, and I'm excited for the next year. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for our company. There's going to be a lot of opportunity to work together. And I'm just thankful. Great. Uh, if we have some investors that want to follow up and, and look at the projects that you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? Is it through your website? Through our website, rhinoinvestmentsgroup.com, through you. If you ever have a question or anything we can we can advise on, I think that's that's great. I'm not big on social media myself, only for the reason that my head down is my, my head stays down and focused on on creating opportunities and then and then executing on those opportunities. I would love to do more, but I just that, that hasn't been done yet. <laughs> yeah. And it's not a focus and probably shouldn't be, right? You you make your money by by turning deals, getting projects in and out. And- um, been successful at it thus far. So I'd probably say best use of your time, keeping your head down and piling on. Well, and, and that's, I think that's one of the things also I've learned over the years is just, you have something you're successful at, stay in your lane, focus on that. And that's what we do. We don't buy houses and do houses because we just, we probably won't be as good as a housing developer, right? You guys back plenty of housing developers that are very successful. And the, the last thing I will say for the investors is that the Ignite team does a lot of vetting. And I appreciate that because they've asked a lot of questions. They've they've done a lot of checks before they got to the point of even asking any of their investors for money. And and frankly, when I retire, one now one day, I'm I'm open to be one of your major investors. Perfect. Well, we look forward to it. Before that time arises, we'll uh, stick to being a lender, and you stick to being a borrower. But I appreciate you stopping by and and uh, imparting all this knowledge on myself as well as our clients. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert, where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 